Today on the Federation of Fandoms, we are going to be covering the Stargate franchise. More specifically, we're going to do an aimed focus today on SG-1, touch a little bit on Atlantis and Universe, and we are not discussing Origins for many reasons. And uh, I think we can both agree on skipping Origins today. Yeah, let's just skip it. For one, I haven't seen it, and two, it just doesn't seem very uh what what's the word stargate-esque it's just um it's just a renew origin story that Mm, that it's not doing what we all expected it to do and more more like it's it's not what we wanted and um we still don't know exactly where they're going with it. Right. We don't know if we're going to get that SG-1 remake or anything. So we're just going to not discuss it until we get more info. Yep. All right. Um, So if you want to lay out the, uh, the basic overall history. Yeah. All right. Uh, So to go over it, very generally for people who need a refresher and those who don't know um, the Stargate franchise boomed off of a movie of the same name Stargate in oh what was it 1984 I think with uh, something like that yeah uh, started with a movie starring Kurt Russell and James Spader and built on the premise that the gates were built by a species of ancient humanoids that look almost exactly like what we look like now and um, was left behind long ago when they went extinct. And, excuse me, when they went extinct, they left behind not only the gates, but massive caches of technology all over the universe. And the vacuum of power that they left behind was soon after filled by the Gua'uld, a symbiote race of beings that take hosts and steal technology and enslave millions of cultures galaxy wide and um, once enslaved earth in the height of the Egyptian era but were fended off due to a revolt from there our Stargate on Earth was buried and was then dug up a couple thousand years later in 1928 at the Giza Plateau, which it then sat in cold storage until the 80s when Dr. Daniel Jackson figured all of this out because aliens. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, it just... Yep. So the adventure starts from there. After they have their adventure through the Stargate, it sits dormant for a decade. 
And it's not until the gate becomes active again one random day and uh, aeronautics, air, air force, what was she, major? Major Carter? Yeah, it was major in the beginning. Okay, so Air Force Major Samantha Carter figures out how to get the Stargate to dial because there is a uh, dial home device that comes standard with every Stargate except for ours, which was destroyed in the 40s by the Nazis. Fun stuff. Um Basically, once Samantha Carter and Daniel Jackson are able to team up and get this all worked out, we have is it uh, 15, 17 years of Stargate adventures. Yeah, there's uh, tons of stuff they come across and alien races and mm-hmm. other humans. And now this is all, um, when I say 17 years, I mean consecutively if shows weren't running at the same time. Right. Because Atlantis and SG-1 had two seasons of overlap, and I think um, Universe and Atlantis had a year of overlap. But I'm not sure about that one. I I think they did because that's kind of how they do things, but maybe not. I didn't look that far into it. I, I got a lot of this stuff uh, day late and a dollar short. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that's the baseline overview of the franchise in general uh, that kind of leads up to the madness. And we're just going to be mainly looking at SG-1. And how it relates into the other series. Some of our favorite moments, favorite characters, uh, just overall, just what was the best thing of SG-1? Yep. And not just SG-1, but what made what made Stargate Stargate and what made it so much fun and why even today there are hordes of people demanding more right and then we get origins <laughs> i think we're gonna probably end up talking about that at some point yeah and just not i mean we we keep saying we're not gonna talk about it. we can bring it up but it's yeah it's just because because it's a thing that happened it's like people who say they don't want to uh talk about star trek discovery but they still end up spending like two hours talking about it. Yeah, it's because it's a thing. It is. It did it happen. Is Star Trek. It did technically happen. It, yeah. Technically. Anyway, we'll get into that <clears> one. <throat> yeah, we'll get to that when we get to uh, the Star Trek episode. <laughs> That's going to be so far away. So the first thing that we have on our agenda to talk about is on mine is uh, favorite moments. I've got a couple here. Mm. So one of my the first favorite moment of all SG one, <laughs> Jack O'Neill 
is having a meeting with the SG one team. And I think he's actually general at this point. Um, I don't think, no, I can't, I can't remember the episode. What's the moment? The moment is they're trying to get, they're trying to get uh, the Asgard's attention. They're trying to send signal messages out to Asgard to help see if they can come out and help them, but they're not getting any reply. And Jack O'Neill, everyone's sitting at the table and he's just like, you know what? How many times have we saved their cute little gray butts? And walks oh, out of the room. <laughs> he wasn't general yet. That was uh, that was just before he became general. If I okay, see, correctly. I couldn't remember the what. <laughs> that was just my favorite moment because Daniel Jackson's sitting there and he's just like, did he just really say that? And then it just fades to black. Next part of the episode, <laughs> no one ever, like, it's just, did he really just say cute little gray butts? <laughs> yeah, and, and that's, that's the thing with uh, Jackson is... He was always floored by what Jack Satter did. <laughs> and it's just like, dude, you've known this guy for how long now? And and he still manages to shock you. <laughs> yeah. Which kind of goes into a testament of, of Jack. Like, the man is just kind of out there. Like, he's lost his mind a little bit. And, and I think that when you deal with what he deals with on a daily basis, I mean, you're going to have to lose your mind. Oh, yeah. Just, <laughs> just, just a bit. Just a bit. And then um, I, I think for me, uh, a favorite moment. I think, I think for me, I'm going to have to go with my favorite moment. It's kind of up there between, and, and it's two. It's two teal moments that I'm torn between. One of them being when Teal'c tells his joke. <laughs> yeah, I knew you were going with that one. <laughs> or, or where uh, he got roped into going fishing with Jack, and he's on the phone, just begging to come back to the SGC, and then Jack takes the phone and breaks it. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just he looks so sad and dejected it's like oh poor teal but you're the idiot who decided to go for this <laughs> would you like me to come back colonel carter or are you sure <laughs> Jack just i mean i could i could help <laughs> <laughs> you may need me <laughs> and he's trying so hard and he looks so sad so it's it's between those two moments. Um and the honestly, one with the joke, it was the um the three the three different type of um Jaffa soldiers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't remember the joke though. It was funny. No, I can't remember it either. Uh, but it was basically the end of it was um Are you about to look it up? Yeah. Okay. Oh, the vagina monologues. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, I'm Teal. Like, oh, yeah. He's just looking around like, what did I just do? <laughs> no, he didn't even realize it until it started. And she's like, my vagina. <laughs> and then his face is pure horror. I don't know where he got this. He's got some tickets, I guess. He's going to the thing. He cuts to him in the episode. 
Yeah, because he he thought it was Virginia monologues. Oh, yeah, that's yes. what it was. Teal thought it was the Virginia monologues. You know what we don't talk about? Our vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> because it was the, the end of the episode. He was like, oh, I'm going to a play called the, the Virginia monologues. And everyone's looking at him like, the what? <laughs> Just yeah. Like and nobody would go with him. So the joke that Teal'c tells, it, it goes a little something like this. I shall attempt to translate one. A serpent guard, a Horus guard, and a Satesh guard meet on a neutral planet. It is a tense moment. The serpent guard's eyes glow. The Horus guard's eyes or beak glistens. The Satesh guard's nose drips. <laughs> and then he just loses it. He goes into this lab and everybody and else just, is just like looking at him like, what? And then he kind of peters off and is just like, I'm the only one that found that funny. What? Really? Why? Like, <laughs> I did too. Oh but man. Yeah. That was a funny joke. He's, he's got a lot of jokes. Like, well, a lot of funny moments. But the the way he just told that, and he went from dead serious into hysterical laughter. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's really what made it for me. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Tilk was probably <laughs> one of the funniest characters. Mm-hmm. He did have one of the most interesting developmental arcs. Mm-hmm. They kept him consistent throughout the the series. Um, Unlike uh, Daniel Jackson or um, Samantha Carter, he was very consistently worked on throughout the 10 years. Um, And I think that's probably because he was the alien and um, the viewer's link to other worlds. That connection that's like, oh, hey, you're still human, but here are all these other aliens. Like, you have that with, um, within Star Wars and Star Trek and uh, BSG. You have that in all these other franchises, that that link for the audience. And I think he, he was that for us, so they put him in that prime focus. So, my second moment that I loved from SG-1 was the Prometheus reveal. Mm. The X-303 Prometheus. <laughs> I, When everybody was showing up at the, the underground base, they were like, eh, what just a small little shack out in the middle of nowhere where it goes downstairs. Big ship in this freaking warehouse hangar. Oh my gosh, that thing was so pretty. <laughs> mm. I love that ship. But then you had, you know, of course, the... Uh, oh, what did they call themselves? That uh, that like rebel group or whatever before the IOA showed up. They, uh, the guy who played um, mm. John John DeLancey. Uh, he was uh, um. his character and some other people. They were trying to steal the Prometheus. Hold on, because he he played some. Uh, he was playing a colonel. Maybe he was a senator. I don't remember. 
No, it wasn't them. Mm-mm. It was before them. Colonel Simmons. Colonel Simmons. Uh, yeah, that was uh, John DeLancey, Colonel Simmons. He uh, he was um, he was part of that group that went on board the Prometheus, and it was him and like three or four other people who were trying to steal the Prometheus. Well, they were accomplished, and they were trying to take. Um, they were trying to keep SG One out of the picture. Yeah, and he was working for the NID. Yeah, it was the NID. That's who I was trying to think of. Yes, mm-hmm. which they'd stay they stick around for a long time. They're a cockroach. Yeah, they are the, literally the cockroach of SG One. <laughs> They're always causing trouble. Colonel Mayborn, mm. you love to hate him. <laughs> oh, I do, I do, I really do, and I think that's the the point of his character. Like there are moments where you're like. You're relatable. You're a nice guy, but then, but then you're just like, "What the crap? Why? Why did you just? Do, why did you just blow up a hotel?" <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And if it felt like the right thing to do, and then all the times, Mayborn. and then all the times, Mayborn and O'Neill had to work together, and oh. O'Neill was like, "I'm just gonna shoot you right now." <laughs> I would not have been mad if he actually did shoot Mayborn. I I would have been impressed. I would have been proud. That would have been some development for O'Neill right there. But then we wouldn't have gotten Mayborn retiring on some planet somewhere. <laughs> just just take him to another planet, put a couple rounds in the back of his skull and just leave him there. I mean, or just send him to the planet that's got the the water. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just shove him through onto that planet and deactivate the gate. <laughs> <laughs> or like that one episode where O'Neill and Mabor got stuck on that one planet. They were trying to go through the... Yeah, you're going to have to be a little more specific. No, no, it was... Um, <laughs> it was... There was a... There was some kind of a device. Yeah, and it sent them to the moon. Yeah, it sent them to the moon, yeah. <laughs> they couldn't get back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There was this whole thing with O'Neill and Mayborn trying to kill each other on the planet. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. This isn't going to go well. Mm-mm. That was a funny moment. So another moment for you. Oh. Back in there somewhere. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Daniel as Merlin as an Ori. Oh yeah. <laughs> when he's sitting there in that chair the whole time he's in the chair in in captivity and he's just kind of like duh that's what I've been saying but because my skin is pasty white and you know all these tattoos from the ori you're not believing me. <laughs> well, how are you able to Merlin? He's still in your head. Yeah, he kind of never went away. And it's just like how exasperated he is. He was just able to finally show just like how sick and tired he is of being taken for granted in that one moment is just, well, not just like that one moment, but that whole episode. He's just like, uh, so (laughs) I, I felt bad for him, but I just, I loved his level of snark. Oh, yeah, definitely. And his, like, guys. And then how he's just, like, able to get out of that and just walk out and be like, I'm going to be right back. Like, come (laughs) on. (laughs) That is, 
he may have been ascended at one point, but I think he retained a little bit more of that than he was willing to admit. Daniel Jackson, he is, well, he is my favorite character Mm -hmm. from SG-1. And then second is going to have to be either uh, Colonel Carter or Teal'c. It's a tie between them. And see, I have Teal'c and Jackson tied for first with my favorites for for my number one slot. And that just, it's tough to make that call because... Teal'c has the most, like I said, he has the most consistent character development throughout the series. And then Daniel Jackson, they they weren't really sure what to do with him. Or at least it came off that way. A lot of times uh, he went from being all about waifu and getting Sharae back to revenge to dead ascended human again ascended again human again and trying to just get his life back together so i think with everything that that man went through that's that's why he's my favorite is because he was able to hold on to what made him him the scholar the the whole nine yards and I do have another favorite moment. <clears throat> okay. Okay. And this is a, uh, a another uh, Daniel Jackson moment. But this one also includes Jack more specifically. When they're on the planet and they're stuck in that time loop. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> and Jack is just like... And what kind of archaeologist carries a gun? And Daniel's just like, picks up his gun out of the holster and goes, uh, I do. And he's holding it all dainty like. <laughs> he's like, uh, Jack, I do. And puts his gun back. And Jack's just like, shut up, you're not helping. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's moments like that that I think are, are why we love the show so much. Is because we get those little quips but we also get those sentimental moments. Now, I will say for me, uh, my number two favorite character, because tied from one, that's never going to go away. Um, and, and I've had time to really think about this. I'm going to have to go with Braytac. Okay. I had to do some reshuffling of my favorites list. I have to go with Braytac. Braytac. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And and it's just because Hammond of Texas. <laughs> I mean <laughs> every time Ham- he comes General through General Hammond of Texas, yes. yes that was every the time big he thing. comes through the gate and sees General Hammond, it's Hammond of Texas with his arms out wide for a hug. He's he's that kind of guy. He's got the honor and the respect and he has the understanding and I mean, the man is 135 years old that and could true. still kick my arse. Okay. So there's a lot of respect there for him. And yeah, his, his development is kind of weird, but 
for for what he went through and everything he faced throughout the series, he's one of my favorites because his wherever he pops up, his episodes always great. So oh yeah, definitely. So what about you for uh, for your next one down? So my last moment that I have written down is when O'Neill and Teal'c are stuck in the time loop at the SGC. No. (laughs) All of the things that they did and got away with. Like, Jack was like, no, I'm going to take this loop off. I'm just going (laughs) to make a smiley face with ketchup and mustard on my plate. (laughs) Or playing golf through the wormhole. (laughs) You interrupted my backswing. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) I mean, just the antics that they get up to in that show, and it's well balanced with yeah. the more sentimental moments. I mean, and then O'Neill's, uh, you know, getting that kiss from uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Carter. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, oh, hey, Loopso going over, like dramatic. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and now, now, what did you think about their whole "will they, won't they" leading up into they did? Uh, between carter and oh yeah oh man i was um i was pissed about that because it's like i really wanted that for o'neill and carter and i thought it was going to end up that way but then we got season eight and jack got promoted jack was seeing somebody else and carter was like getting jealous Mm -hmm. but it's like oh this isn't gonna happen now and then, and then he then retired. Season, and then he retired. And then season nine. And then it's like they're both separated. It didn't happen. It's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. But it did. And then it did happen. And it was, just, it, to me, it was just like, I don't, the will they, won't they? It just needs to peter out. It really does. Because for a lot of shows, it tends to kill it. Yeah. Because they end up getting together. And then the writers, because then you need writing staff to come in that knows how to work that, that, that romance angle. But then they gave us that whole thing with the, uh, the Naquita mirror where it gives us all the alternate yep. realities. And we had that one Carter show up that she was actually married to O'Neill and they had, yep. a, they had a kid and stuff. And, they, and, it's like, and she had never gone into the military. Yeah. And that that gave us that that oh my gosh it really happened and then it is episode over she went back and mm-hmm. oh it's over where whereas <laughs> a lot of SG one it, it seems to be tied between um episodic and um syndicated like these things have have repercussions and and whatnot but then you have a massive amount of stories that seem like they're going to be plot relevant or this is going to come up later. And it just, it doesn't. And it's not really something I fault the show or the showrunners. I mean, it was just the era and the time. And even today it's, it's like that a lot with a lot of shows as they go back and forth between episodic and that whole, um, syndicated way. Um, so as you said with, um, season eight, the only, 
that wasn't the only thing going on in season eight. The, the, the one whole thing. will they, won't they uh, wasn't going on. We also had the start of Atlantis. Stargate Atlantis. And this is where SG-1 and Atlantis teetered off into their own separate entities. Yep. And this is where we keep getting all these crossover op- episodes. Yeah, in the last couple of seasons of SG-1, which are some pretty big key episodes um, that we get with... Uh, the Atlantis cameo. Um, the the big one being uh, not just the throwaway line in season eight, but then the actually visiting for I I don't remember what it was that they visited for. Do you? Because SG one went to Atlantis. And they were in the. Oh, they went to the hologram room. Yeah, they went to. Well, Jackson had a couple episodes where he went to Atlantis. Mm -hmm. Um, But the one in particular, we're talking about the first one they went. They Mm -hmm. uh, the Ori just showed up in the Milky Way galaxy and SG-1 was tasked to go on the uh, Daedalus to go and figure out where the other Supergate was getting power from. Or no, they were trying to keep the Supergate powered so the Ori couldn't come through because this was after the big battle that they just had and everybody got mm-hmm. their butts kicked. I Rip still, the Korolev. I, I still say R.I.P. Korolev. Rip the Korolev. <sighs> Colonel Chekhov, for all, you're going to be missed. And you then, will be so missed. So what they did was they were going to put a Stargate from the Pegasus Galaxy that had mm-hmm. no... They, yeah, they were just going to take it because it had no meaning. So they were just going to take that gate and put it next to the black hole mm-hmm. so it remained powered, keep a shield yeah. on it. And so that would power the super gate. They would dial the super gate and it would keep yeah. it powered so nothing could come through. So that was the one uh, episode where they went to Atlantis. The next one was... It was also Ori related. Also Ori related. Um, but like I said, they were in the hologram room and it was an ascended... Um, yeah, Jackson figured out she was an ascended being, pretended to be a hologram mm-hmm. because reasons. <laughs> Which are never fully explained. It was just like you said, because reasons. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> was I the only one going, can we get something a little more concrete than reasons? Jan- Dan was going for it too. Jackson wanted those wanted that answer. Nobody gave it. I know, and I I know it's something stupid and petty to be all, like, hung up on, but you're going to give me a line like that. You're going to put that line out in the pond, and I'm a dumb fish. I'm going to bite, but when you yank and there's no reward, when I I pull that rod from your hand and there is no reward at the end of that, I'm going to be a little mad. We all were. But yes, it did give us that segue into Jackson finding, you know, um, mm-hmm. Merlin and, yeah, you know, the big thing that's going on with the Ori and the Milky mm-hmm. Way galaxy, which is the the segue into Arc of Truth. Oh, yeah, because that was uh, Morgan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now I remember. All right. I just, uh, I didn't know how I, I was supposed to respond to 
Net whole King Arthur. <laughs> that Merlin. was a bit weird. It was. It, was, it felt wrong. Like I, I kept thinking, okay, this is interesting. So my my higher processes were like, this is interesting. I'm not sure what, exactly what I think. And then my feelings are like all over the place because the A plot, which is all like the the Camelot and the Merlin and all of this, was was being tugged at. So it was just this feeling of, ooh, yay. And, but at the same time, it was like, do we need this? It's because, and I have a feeling, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on this because I feel like it's going to be pretty close of what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. Because with the Gualwold, well, with them being, you know, with the Jaffa taking over and uh, the replicators being destroyed yeah. and everything and the Jaffa take their domain back. Yeah. The Gua'uld aren't the Gua'uld anymore. No. So the, there's a free Jaffa now. So what they, what they were, I think what they were trying to do was since the Gua'uld were gone and they're basically the Egyptian gods or trying mm-hmm. to play that Egyptian gods, they were trying to give us like, Oh, Hey guys, there's, there's, there's more instead of just the Gua'uld pretending to be the Egyptian gods. Now we have the ascendants that are trying to play the, yeah, the Viking, you know, and the well, well, the only ones that were trying to play and the uh, Viking stuff. were the Asgard. Oh, right, and they were the Viking. Had, then you had other Gualwold who were playing um, Greco-Roman. You had them playing, you know, Oriental folklore. Yeah, um, and so so it was only natural that you brought in, you know, ex- Alexander and Merlin and that whole mm-hmm. that whole thing. So it's like, oh, because yeah, that's right. That was kind of a thing. <laughs> and and one of the things that I I still kind of see this as, you know, like with the Ori, it, and I think that part of the reason why is some people didn't like the Ori that that I've talked to throughout my life, you know, some of my friends were just like mad with the Ori. Is because it felt, and and when you look at it, when you look at the way that they lived, and it kind of had that Dark Ages, medieval Europe feel, and the Ori and the religion of origin had this Christianity feel of that era, like how dogmatic it was, and... You know, you had the Gua'uld who are like, you are going to worship me. And then you had the Ori who are like, you will bow down our power. We operate. We are one. Our power, blah, 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 blah. So I did see kind of that that feeling to it. Um, But at the same time, it was just like, I see that they're trying to make a parallel here and they're trying to make parallels there with, you know, the Gua'uld and the old gods, um, which might have gone into why they ended after 10 seasons. Right. Because I think it's just, they were trying to put too much, um, like, this is the reason why earth has all these religions. Let's put aliens behind everything kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then when it came to, you know, spread the spreading of origin like they had it set up perfectly 
to be able to do have a couple more seasons with them. But I think they were on rocky ground. Um, because it, it did have, you know, that feel of like an attack on Christianity. Well, not to mention just the whole, they felt like the Borg kind of thing. Submit that, or die. That too. But, you know, you, you they were on a crusade and yeah. they said it themselves. So it, it's, it's looking at, you know, where we came from historically with uh, the different faiths. So taking like, how would, how would, you know, our Christianity today be hold up against our, you know, our world's old, you know, dark ages dogmatic. Because if you look at them, they're two completely different styles. Oh yeah. And that, that right there is enough you know, to be like, hey, look, we've grown, we've evolved, yay! And I mean, for me, I really liked the design of the Ori ships. I did, I did. Okay, I I gotta put them up there, probably. And this is gonna sound terrible, but I gotta probably put them up there above uh, the Aurora class ships. I mean, I was a fan. Of those ships, but I wasn't like... Oh, what? We, we we got our editor over here shaking his head at me like, mm, girl, don't you do that. Don't you say... No, but but no, they, they really did have a beautiful design. See, my thing is, the Aurora class ships, they were nice. They were cool. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't the Daedalus. <laughs> See, you have your favorite ship, and, and that's that's a good segue for us to talk about the the ships right there. Well, because okay, okay, because the 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 Aurora class ship, yes, it had it, it was one ship, but it only had one weapon, mm-hmm. the drones. That's my only problem. If if that ship had say rail guns on it, I would be okay now because it's like. Okay, now yeah, you have yeah, now see, you have an Earth Earth like Aurora class ship with not just drones. Now you have rail guns on it, <clears> and <throat> now it has potentially good shields. Don't even don't even put the Asgard beam warriors on it. Just put mm. the shields on it. You're fine. Now mm. you have a good attack vessel. Yeah, no, see, see, you like all the weapons. Put all the weapons on a ship. You don't even need that many rail guns. <laughs> you just you just need more than just the drones in my in my case because those Aurora class ships went down way too easily and you only had the drones. That's my mm-hmm. only problem. So if you had something else like a rail gun on it, maybe two or three, it would at least have some good defensive capabilities. You wouldn't need that many. But they're not that big. And they're also no. not that big. No, because they're they're not meant to be. And Plus that's see, why when I you said, have a Daedalus class starship. See I put I put Aurora above the Daedalus. I I I have to. And but see, nothing is gonna top the destiny. Oh, yeah, you want to bring the destiny into this. That's right. That's <laughs> that's your ship. That's, that's your my baby. Ship. And and your yes, big hammerhead, or sorry, axe. Pickaxe. Head, pickaxe head. The the big sexy pickaxe. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's a planet in space right there. Okay. <laughs> That really is, as she is a beautiful ship, great design, um, just under 
um, hyperspace speed, uh, faster than light, but not fast enough to breach into hyperspace, which gives her flight an absolutely beautiful look. Oh, yeah. And that's a big ship for a travel for a ship that big to to I mean that's that's way bigger than a freaking star destroyer. I mean we're talking mm-hmm. huge. And her bridge is tiny. Yeah. She has a tiny bridge because she's not meant to be like this warship. Yeah, it was she more is, of an exploration. But she ship. had the warship capabilities. Yeah. Well you had to defend itself. And it somehow. wasn't it wasn't a seed ship. Um, because we did come in contact right, with the universe. Did. Yeah, that's right. Um, and Atlantis talked about them. SG one talked like maybe I'll throw away a line here or there, but we got it more in Atlantis and in um universe talk of the seed ships that they just set them out there, and they're still finding Naquita. They're still refining, like they're completely and totally on autopilot. Mm-hmm. They are making gates and depositing them on sustainable planets. Like that is how advanced the ancients were. And the freaking wraith <laughs> took them out. Like seriously, the freaking wraith. Right. You had You had this race that had... A ton of and this this goes back to my point of the Aurora class battleships. The ancients had a fleet of them. A fleet, like more than 20 ships. Mm-hmm. And the Wraith took them down. Because it wasn't about the firepower. But see it was about the tactics. Yeah, well, again, it just goes back to my point. The Aurora class battleship had its laws so and and here i'm i'm gonna pose this to you and we can put this into a a battle (laughs) okay no 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 i'm i'm deadly serious with this one we can we can put this to a nerd battle because i can tell you who would win this one the federation versus the wraith Oh, come on. That's not even a competition. The Wraith would win. No, they wouldn't. Yes, they would. Because the Federation is basically the Ancients. No, they're not. Yeah. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. See, here's... And, and we can, we can <laughs> go into that one later. But We're going to do that. We can throw that one down as our first gauntlet. <laughs> that's that's, that's going to be thrown. And I'm going to win this. No. Oh, you think you're going to win? Oh, yes. Oh. I'm taking that Federation. I'm going to stick it up that Wraith booty. And I'm going to wreck Oh, really? Yes. Really? Yes. That's going to happen. Oh, okay. So, everybody, you heard that or here. The gauntlet has already been thrown down. I knew this was going to happen today. <laughs> All right, the gauntlet has been thrown down uh, in the next couple of months. We're going to be putting that together, a uh, episode all entirely on who would win, the Wraith or the Federation. The gauntlet has been thrown. Oh, yeah. Uh, not to be confused with the Infinity Gauntlet. It's not the other. <laughs> I was to say that, too. <laughs> we are still not healed from that damage. Um, okay, see, we came up with this concept of the, the Gauntlet being thrown so we can... Because this is, this, is what, this is what the Federation of Fandoms... This is what we... 
eventually want to start doing. This is why we're going to start breaking down most of these sci-fi series so we can actually take armies, spaceships, and do battles between me and Robert. We take one side and we compare the technologies and who would actually win, not just from an opinionated standpoint, just from... We're going to break it down the technological levels here. Mm -hmm. Not like what you see on those guys on YouTube. We're actually going to break it down for you so we can actually see power levels, shield levels, all of it. Yep. And how they compare hitting each other. That's what mm -hmm. that's what our whole entire goal is here. So when we when we came up with that concept of the the gauntlet being thrown, we knew Infinity War was coming, and I told them I was like, you know what? I'm actually gonna get a gauntlet that looks just like the Infinity Gauntlet. I'm gonna throw it on this dang table. It's gonna slam, and it's gonna, like the gauntlet's being thrown. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we weren't able to get the Infinity Gauntlet no, because no. I threw this one down as kind of like surprise. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, but uh, back to the the ships, uh, we did mention the Wraith. Yes, we did. Uh, well, I mentioned the Wraith. Uh, as, a, as a villain, I got to ask, who do you think was the, the better villain for uh, all of Stargate? Was it, was it the drone bots from Universe? Was it the uh, Wraith or the Ori or the Gua'uld? Or, you know, any of the others, the replicators, you know, who do you think was the best? Okay, or, or I'm going to have to, I'm going to break this down for the best too, because the biggest threat to the Milky Way galaxy before they were completely wiped out, the replicators. I'm throwing that down first because mm -hmm. the replicators threatened the entire galaxy when you had... The well, when they, you have the human hybrid replicator, that's what messed everything up. They threatened not only the Milky Way, but the Asgard homeworld. Exactly, galaxy. they threatened they everybody. Threatened the universe. So they were the they were like the top dog, and then all of a sudden they were wiped out because of that weapon on uh, the new Jaffa homeworld. The world. new Jaffa homeworld. I can't think of the darn name, but as when they found that weapon, they all went away. So it didn't. It wasn't a big climatic battle that I wanted, but we got it anyway. But my top enemy would have to be the Ori. Because everybody in that battle, the Asgard, the Tauri, the Guawuld, the... Um, Aleutian Alliance. The Aleutian Alliance, they all joined forces in one battle. And got wrecked. One ship came out. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> for you, it's the Ori. And and for me, I have to give it to uh, the Wraith. Um, mostly because they are, they are the Frankenstein. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the ancients made their own downfall. And that, if they hadn't come up against the Wraith, they would have taken out the Gould, no problem. And and we would live in a vastly different. And it's the fact that we were able to take down the Ori. We're able to, to do all of this. You know, destroy their ships, stop their plans, all of that. That makes them, you know, and, and that's us. That's mm -hmm. humans today. 
But then you look at it and you have an enemy that the ancients couldn't handle. And we barely managed. It took Asgard technology, ancient technology, Gould technology. It and took everything we got just to take down that everything one Everything that we had accumulated to take down... One Wraith ship. One, yeah. That was... In, in the technic- end. Okay, and technically, technically speaking, that ship was enhanced... Because they, mm-hmm. they, they, what, what was it that enhanced it? I can't remember. They, they came across uh, technology of something, and mm-hmm. it, and it kept building more mass on top of that ship. Yeah, like it would, it just kept growing. They yeah. did something. Oh, a ZPM. Yep, they got a hold of the. They got a hold of a ZPM because the wraith are like ancient and Aratus uh, bug. Yeah, hybrids, and then you have their ship. Which is now, you know, a Wraith, a Wraithus bug, ancient hybrid. So, and that's that's scary. And so that when they got that ZPM and that ship was headed toward Earth, Daedalus and the Apollo got just messed up. Mm-hmm. And it's still heading towards Earth. And you're like, oh, what are they going to do? They don't have any defense ships. No. And, <laughs> that's, and that's the thing that really just kind of is like, what... So you've got all of these enemies that pop up from as benign as, you know, the enemy of the week for SG-1 um, and Minor Gould, who can sometimes be the enemy of the week. Um, Then you have ones that are like the Lucian Alliance and the Janai from Atlantis, who are... Who were the bottom rung to me, in all honesty? I don't know if you feel that way about them as well. But then you have enemies like the Ori, the Gould, uh, the Wraith, and the unknown species from Universe. Oh, right. That kept coming out and attacking mm-hmm. the ship. The, uh, the ones... And I don't know if you thought this, but every time I saw them with uh, Chloe... They looked like uh, one of the Camino cloners. That's exactly what I and thought. And I was just like, you look like an angry Camino cloner. Yeah. Okay. You look like a Camino cloner honor period. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're tall, you're thin, you're a little more blue, and you're always angry and screeching. Okay. You're a Camino cloner honor period. Just from a different galaxy. Yeah. Might be the same one. Maybe. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> I mean, they did have a they did have a random drone ship with a bunch of like robotic drones. Mm-hmm. Hey, you never know. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, they had so much. Like there, there was the tie-in with with universe. Now that you know, I see that perfect segue. I'm gonna take it. So with universe, they ended up on the destiny, mm-hmm. and whole new crew just like atlantis a whole new cast of characters can't stand lou diamond phillips in this but i can't stand him anyway um he just bugs me i don't know (laughs) i don't know what it is i'm sorry lou diamond phillips but it just bugged me like i'm sure he's a great guy but we all have those people that are we just see him and we're just like i want to hit you and i don't know why um, 
but we've we've got a whole new crew of people and we've got the new setting and this is this is the uh stargate franchises lost in space we had that with um star trek they did a lost in space with voyager and this is stargate's lost in space i mean it is like what five or six seven galaxies away from the milky way something like that because it was like we went milky way then pegasus and then it was like three or four and then Mm. they're like there and it's like whoa you're stupid far away (laughs) yeah and the the mission for that one was we're not gonna get into it we're not um because that was just either turn this boat around or find us a planet to get home. That was their baseline mission. Um, so as far as series go, that's, that's up there. Like I, I can't really decide which one because it depends on the day for me, which one is better Atlantis or universe Atlantis universe, because while both had their flaws, they were both Excellent. And SG-1 did a great job... At setting it all up. ...of setting up the rules. Like like you said, it, it set it all up. Mm-hmm. It, it set up our rules. It set up the universe that we're, we're in. And the other two just kind of took that and ran. See, and that's what I love about Universe. It's not my favorite series. The only thing I love about it, the two things I love about it, is when they opened up in that first episode, mm-hmm. you see Colonel Carter commanding the general hammond the new dataless class starship and it's like yeah. yay a new ship see and then all of a sudden you see the f-302s start launching because the Aleutian alliance starts showing up so this huge battle going on while everyone's trying to evacuate through the gate mm-hmm. because they just unlocked the ninth chevron thanks to eli my favorite character <laughs> <laughs> see you're eli i'm rush <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's just it was it was just con- it was just confusing. It was great. There was a battle going on. I want to see the battle. I want to see the battle. Because come on, see, we you- had we had this new. We got all this new, the 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 new sparkly bedazzled, you know, effects and everything. And we see the Hammond showing up. I wanted to see more of it. See- but then we got the Destiny. You love the Destiny. I like the Destiny. <sighs> But I wanted more to see more of the Daedalus and the and the Hammond with those new special effects. You just don't get to see enough of them. No, uh, and see you, you like the cameos. I do because you're, and you can either own this or rebut this. But you you seem to be the human. And and uh, like the human purist and the SG one purist, <laughs> it's just like Earth, <laughs> Earth, Earth. It's not America. It's Earth. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you admit this. <laughs> I mean, the Federation was about. I'm just gonna say that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> they are not purists. I know, but we are still all about Earth. It's about protecting our homeland. For the homeland. And they've been open to moving <laughs> it, um, you know, moving the headquarters and everything, but nobody wants to deal with it. Nobody wants to deal with an influx of humans coming in. Yeah, exactly. 
I mean, it's not my fault. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, it's it's not your fault, but that's, that's the way it was written. And I mean, okay, so, oh, oh, and I forgot one on the, the, um, low rung villains ball no no i would no, no, consider see, my him... my problem with ball is it's like oh hey look we killed him but uh, stop wait stop stop kill 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 stop what stop it and then we get that movie start get continuum and we're like the last ball <laughs> it's like or is it gonna end Oh, now it did. Okay. Okay. It's but, done. But seriously, if you're the last of your race and you're a villainous, backstabbing, traitorous race, I'm sorry, but I agree with that. I'm I'm going to clone myself. I really am. I'm going to do the cloning. I'm going to clone myself like a thousand times. And I did love that set scene. my evil selves out there. But no, the one that I was talking about was... Senator Kinsey. Oh, I hated him. I hated him I so much. I did love the fact when Thor put him in his place, though. That was funny. Which time? <laughs> the, the 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 second time. I think it was actually the last time because okay. they were like they were questioning the SGC in that. Um, oh, when in that in that meeting in. when yeah. Hammond brought, brought okay. him in, and so they were having that argument and uh, major someone or other he's like the spokesperson for the sgc who was underneath mm-hmm. hammond yeah they were talking about the sgc and they were revealing to the world about the stargate program yeah they were revealing to the colonel French Chekhov. and the english and the chinese yeah and colonel Chekhov was there oh yeah we already know about this and it's like what <laughs> and but then all of a like sudden hate each other and right? then all of a sudden kinsey started talking well you know what we need we need civilian support, and they're all like, "Oh, you we need civilian oversight. And we need this, this and, and that, this and this, and, this and, and I'm going to be in charge." And then all of yeah. a sudden, everybody started joining in, except for Chekhov. Obviously, he was kind of mm-hmm. like, and all of a sudden, bloom! Here comes Thor, and he just tells <laughs> him, "While our relationship with Earth is not dependent on." the current state of uh, affairs with Hammond in charge of the SGC, it is much preferable. Yep. (laughs) And everyone else is just like, we just saw an alien and you could swear you saw their hair go up and everybody just do aliens. Yeah. And then uh, (laughs) the guy from China specifically, the Chinese ambassador, he Mm -hmm. was like, yep. Hit the button. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Emote. yeah. laughs> He's just like, uh, whatever Hammond says, I'm going to do that. And then, and then uh, Thor says, you know, O'Neill did say I could uh, take you, Senator Dickensie, to a planet and leave you there. <laughs> but and I'm I not think, going to. <laughs> and I think that's what really kind of scared everybody else. <laughs> oh, man. Because so you've got your premier gate team making friends with the aliens. Yeah. And they hate the politicians on Earth. And that's one of the things that I respected about the Asgard is that Thor was on their council. He was a leader of their people. Mm -hmm. But you know where he spent a lot of his time? On the front lines of the conflict. Oh, yeah. Okay. That that really was just like... It's inspiring. Very inspiring. It was... 
it was awesome. I just I loved that so much because you have guys like Senator Kinsey and Mayborn from the NID who are who are just kind of sitting back and and trying to reap the rewards and the benefits that they don't understand. Right. And I think that kind of goes into kind of what we are as a people. Um it's it's probably why Stargate is so so big is because you have this show and this franchise that is a perfect reflection of us. And that's what good sci-fi does is it reflects humanity and it reflects the time that we live in. And as a franchise, it does a wonderful job of doing that. I completely agree with that. That's why Stargate has always been, well, not always. <laughs> I just re I just watched all of it. <laughs> <laughs> not too long ago so i'm just like i became a new fan mm -hmm. even though it's old and now we have oh yeah every time you watch it you find something new to fall yeah. in love with oh yeah and that's why your list of favorites is always going to be shifting and changing because you're going to be seeing something new from this character and i mean we didn't even get into you know some of the other nitty-gritty details but um once we do another in-depth episode we're gonna have probably a series of these um going for the next few months we're just going to be flip-flopping different topics from different franchises and picking different topics from within each franchise to discuss uh once we get past you know episodes like this and and as we go we're probably going to be looking back going oh i said that that was my thoughts and in just just looking at our notes and that's the sign of of a good sci-fi show and proper writing and development no matter how old it is no matter how right. it stays the same we're always changing our minds about mm -hmm. it like one watch through of uh the original series of star trek your favorite could be Chekhov. Well, then and the then, next moment, it's Sulu, you know? Yep, yeah. and the next watch through, just like you said, it's Sulu or, you know, Spock or, you know... Um, or it could be Kirk. <laughs> 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 and so it, it's just the more the more we go back and rewatch yeah. and reread uh, the books and stuff, we're, we're looking at... We're looking at a uh, a franchise and a, a series that will continue to live on. I mean, yeah, it's dated. Oh man, is it dated? So could could uh, you imagine them doing a uh, reboot? Oh man, of uh, SG One with say it. Uh, oh, you said it. Oh, with, <laughs> with modern technology. Okay. Or or would you rather see a continuation? Okay, see, this is this is what would happen though. Because we're not gonna get our fave favorite and loved beloved characters from SG1. No. They're all getting old, yep. they're all getting raggedy. I mean, have you seen Richard Dean Anderson? He's he is up there. And I yeah. mean, even Michael Shanks is starting Michael, I'm sorry. 
But even he is starting to to yeah, have that so, wear on him. And now, he still looks good for his age. Oh, yeah. Well, see, here's the thing, though. So what what's going to happen? I, I could see the cameos that they could mm-hmm. do, but full-on production with them, it's not going to be possible. No. But so here's so the maybe thing. maybe do like what they did with the movie. Give it no. a 10-year. Uh, I would 10 say year, leave it alone. Give it a 10-year window mm-hmm. um, and then pick up a new SG-1. No, see, at this point, they need to leave it alone. SG-1 will always be SG-1. Now, if they were to do a continuation, obviously we got the movies to end Mm -hmm. what happened with the Ori. So we have that, you know, we have that ending. Mm -hmm. And then Universe picked it back up, which they got canceled. So we're never going to see the well, continuation of what happened there. But do you know why Universe got canceled and why we are not getting any more Right. SG. Yeah, we all we all, well it's because of the the mission that rushed. No. No. That's that's actually not it. Uh when I was looking up for for this episode, um it it had nothing to do with that, you know, that mission and and how that was going it was it was actually not market saturation it was that the studio went bankrupt oh mgm went bankrupt they tried to save it but they weren't able to because sci-fi wasn't going to pick it up as an original they didn't want to so that so that's and, why okay yep and that's why we aren't getting any more uh, Stargate until now we have now origins. we have origins with the original creators because they had this huge thing against with, the the franchise yeah the way it turned they didn't like mm-hmm. it so now they're doing Stargate Origins there are rumors of them gonna be doing a reboot of SG One if they do okay they just better do it right I don't know. I mean, we already have SG-1, so it's like, I don't, I, (laughs) you know, I don't know what to say because it's just like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And I mean, we can get into that, you know, next time, you know, but as far as the the future of the franchise goes, uh, I'm firmly in the belief that we're going to keep getting Stargate. We should keep getting Stargate because it is a powerful franchise and it's got three series, 17 seasons, three movies, and it can still go. Three movies. Because Children of the Gods is uh, Stargate SG-1 Episodes 1 and 2 put together. Director cut. That's the only one I haven't seen. But you technically have seen it. Technically. Okay. So there there are, yes, four movies, but technically three that are full films. And then a mini series, two part mini series opener for all of Stargate. See, I didn't know that because I've never seen Children of the Gods. So that's yep. that's okay. That's what I was confused on. Yep. It's just that opening all over again. 
So closing thoughts on just the Stargate universe. (laughs) (laughs) I, okay. There's just, there's so much. I love almost every aspect of it. I mean, we all know my favorite ship is the, is the Daedalus class starship. Mm -hmm. Um, like, like we said before the, you know, rest in peace, Korolev, rest in peace, Colonel Chekhov and your crew. Um, I just kind of was, was hoping that, um, when we got universe, yeah, we got the destiny, love the destiny, but I wanted to see more of how, how well advanced earth was getting. Um, and I never really got to see that. Um, because how, like how well, you know, they got the Asgard technology how well it was more advanced and what they were what they were working on. So so what you're saying is you would have liked to have seen more payoff. Yeah, exactly. And we just didn't really get to see it. And now we're never going to see it. And I'm I'm sad about it. Because I was kinda hoping maybe season three would would open up and you know, um everybody is in cryostasis obviously, spoiler alert obviously, but everyone's in cryostasis until the destiny gets across that empty void of space to get to the next galaxy because of all the, those drones Mm. that kept attacking the ship. Yeah. So I was kind of hoping that we would get that, you know, we'd come back to earth for just maybe half an episode and just kind of see where we're at, you know, uh, with the Aleutian Alliance, you know, Mm -hmm. what's going on, what their plan is, So, so what I'm, what I'm hearing is that you're, you're more jilted about the franchise ending than anything. Yeah, I am. Um, which, which is completely fair. Um, for me with my closing thoughts is it's, I really think that the, the franchise should keep going. Um, I really do enjoy the, stargate that we've got and i look forward to the future of the franchise but uh i'm gonna go back and keep re-watching and keep doing rewatches of of the shows um next for my rewatch is actually atlantis um so i'm I'm a fan and I'm always going to be a fan and I just give me more. (laughs) Um, We've got, you know, the, the technology race and we're getting more stuff like what we've got in Stargate and what we've got in Star Wars and Star Trek. Sci-fi has always been pushing those bounds and, giving inventors and designers a a goal to reach and we're we're reaching that you know and if it weren't for shows and franchises like these in sci-fi we wouldn't have a lot of the technology that we have today they've been pushing those bounds and those limits and i say let's keep it going we we got to have it continue on and in the public eye yeah. You know, I'm going to I'm just going to say this as my last um 
if Origins, if the guys who are behind Stargate Origins, if they mm-hmm. actually do a redo of, uh, I mean, maybe not entirely of just a SG-1, mm-hmm. you know, if they do continue that, and if they do, you know, continue them getting into space, if we see, you know, that that Daedalus class starship, mm-hmm. if we see a revamp of that, I mean, I might be really happy about it. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna watch it. It may not be all that great, but I'm gonna watch it, and I'm going to, I'm gonna stick with it, it because might be, I'm just it, going to just have that hope that it's gonna get better. Yeah, and it might be like the uh, first season of TNG, the first two seasons. You know, right, everyone's yeah. like, those are the roughest seasons. So it might be like that. So. But we all come to love it. Yeah, and uh, so we're just holding out hope here at the Federation of Fandoms for the future of the Stargate franchise. Oh, yeah. And um, I guess uh, that brings us right to the end of today. Uh, We're going to be taking the next uh, couple of weeks off. Um, We have some personal life matters to attend to. And um, things to get set up to be able to bring in more and better content for the network and just everything else that we've got going, not only here, but elsewhere. It's, it's an exciting time, and we're looking forward to being able to do that after we come back from, from break. So we'll see you all again real soon right here on the Federation of Fandoms. And as always, live long and prosper. So say we all. <laughs>